Hey everybody, this is the Huh Podcast with Garrett, uh, Christian, and Micah, where we want to dive into deeper topics and bridge cultural and societal trends through the lens of Scripture. And our question today that we're going to be looking at is, how do I know what God wants from me? How do I know where God wants me to go? And we're, we're you know, that's a, a question that we all have at some point or another in our lives and really throughout the course of our lives is where is God directing me? How can I know where God is directing me? What if I'm not where God wants me to be? Uh, What kind of stress (laughs) should I have and how do I get on that course? And I think that's a question that a lot of us have struggled with throughout our lives and I know I personally have and I think I think I could speak for Micah and Christian in saying that they both have had those questions and they've struggled with them. And so today we're going to look biblically at how we come to these to these answers, how we prayerfully see where God is leading us and and what it means to be in his presence and and in his direction. Um, So that's what we're going to be looking at today with you. So I hope you are ready for that. Yeah, I think that is a trillion dollar question, Garrett. Uh, I mean, what is, we're almost looking at, we're looking at the the purpose of people's lives. And, and I know if you're listening to this, you have asked yourself that question. I've asked myself that question. I don't think it even matters what age group you are, whether you're in high school or middle school, or I believe even uh, 60-year-olds are still asking themselves that question, what is God's will for me right now, or what am I supposed to do, or where am I supposed to be? Uh, and, and I think it's going to be a journey throughout our whole lives, and it's going to look differently. And on this podcast, on this episode today, we're going to share a little bit personally about our own lives and how God has brought us to where we are today. Uh, and and I, I'm very excited because, honestly, I've been friends with Mike and Garrett for not even a year yet, uh, probably yeah, probably not even. It's probably almost eight months. I mean, I guess I guess you got here. I got here in last, August. Yeah, last August. So. Yeah, so I, I'm really excited. I haven't got to the deep personal levels as much as I, I want to yet. So I'm excited to kind of hear how God brought them to where they are today. Of course, Micah is a youth minister, and, and Garrett now a senior minister, and it's going to be awesome just to see what God has done in their lives and even seeing how God has misdirected uh, or, or directed their lives into different directions than to where they thought they would yeah. go. I know that was a problem for me. Yeah, I, I know. For me personally, I, I think the biggest issue with direction that I had was my own preconceived notions of where I was supposed to be. And I had this tendency to let my own desires get ahead of where God wanted me. Um, so I actually had this desire my entire life to play baseball. And, you know, I was, I was pretty good in high school. I wasn't fantastic, but I was good enough that I had different scholarship opportunities to play. And, and I had built up my, my whole mindset that I was going to use this as a stepping stool, whether I went deep into baseball or whether I went into athletic training or physical therapy or, or something within sports. And, I, and I, I bargained with God saying, you know, if you help me with this, I'll help you in some way or another. Kind of like <laughs> you scratch my back, I scratch yeah. your back. Since we can on. help God, you know. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and and just looking back on that now, I'm like, golly, what what were you thinking? How because it's not 
and I'm actually preaching on this this Sunday, ironically, but we can't have one part of us desiring something for ourselves in the world and another part of us desiring something eternal for God. Those two things contradict ourselves. Jesus says <coughs> in the Sermon on, on the Mount, he, he's talking about, uh, about this. He says you can't serve two masters. Uh, he says you can't serve both God and money, but that's not, he's not necessarily talking about just money in general, but we can't serve ourselves and what we want in this world while also serving God. And he says before that, he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? That's Matthew 6, 22 through 23. And what he's talking about is, is desire. Our eyes are what are give, give birth to our desires. And what we desire inhabits our entire being. And so if I desire something for myself, I desired this career in sports, this career in baseball and physical therapy and whatever it was, I wanted this and I even bargained with God to get it. Well, you know, that wasn't a bad desire. It's not like I was desiring something sinful. I wasn't desiring something contrary to God's nature, but I was desiring something that was outside of eternal ramifications for him. I was, I was desiring something that I was outside of of his kingdom mm-hmm. and and that was separating me and taking me away from where God wanted me. Um, now obviously Gary he's a pastor and you know as far as when we want to know like what God wants for us it is obvious that God doesn't want all of us to yeah. be a pastor. Yeah. You, you know so what 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 do you think as far as God doesn't want, we can't just have a whole world full of pastors. We're going to starve or we're going <laughs> to, you know, we're not going to have anything to wear. <laughs> yeah. No uh, one's going to be able to service my lawnmower. I don't <laughs> no, to do exactly. That. I don't know a whole lot of stuff. So as far as, you know, for your journey, you wanted to play baseball. Yeah. Uh, I grew up wanting to play basketball and a lot of other things, but I think that's a lot of kids' desires. But what, what do you think as far as like, what if somebody desires something away from the ministry? Well, and, and I think that's, that's a, a huge, a, a, a key uh, issue that we have to face. That when we become Christians, there should be a fire lit under us. That we feel the Spirit moving so deeply that we want everyone else to experience that. And so I think a lot of times you see like at CIYs and in places where people give their lives to Christ, they immediately give their lives and say, I'm dedicating myself to ministry. Well, that's not necessarily what everyone should be doing. Not everyone can should be a minister, but everyone should minister to others. Right. So you use the platform that you, you that you have. Um, you you look at uh, different people throughout throughout the Bible, throughout the New Testament. Look at the centurion um, that that was there in the prison with Paul and Silas, or was was yeah, it was Paul and Silas, yeah. and he uh, came to came to Christ, and in coming to Christ after witnessing the the power of God. He brought his entire family to Christ. And then it's hard telling what he did as a Roman centurion Christian in the middle of of, of Roman occupation, what he was able to do for Christ as that his occupation. He wasn't a minister, but he gave his life to Christ amidst what he was doing. And so I think what's important is we need to say, God, what are my skills? What, what skill set, what have you blessed me with and, and given me 
to use for this world, and as I use it for this world, how can I use it for your kingdom more importantly? So we need to focus first on his kingdom and saying anything I do needs to bring honor and glory to his kingdom, but I need to find out what I'm meant to do here in order to proclaim eternity. I was talking with my pastor, Brother Ryan, yesterday, and and he, we we're talking about decisions, making making decisions, and and you can use this in in your everyday life, whether you're a pastor or whether you're a real estate agent or maybe you're a police officer or whatever it might be that you choose to do. What one you talked about? You know, what are my skills and desires? And I think we'll talk about that more later. But where has God put me, and and where am I going to make the greatest kingdom impact? Uh, and Brother Ryan shared that with me. He, he said, ask the question, where are you going to make the greatest kingdom impact? Uh, and to kind of see where you need to be with God. Yeah. As for some people, that's going to be uh, in their own, maybe they're an attorney. That's going to be in their law office. For some people, that's going to be uh, a surgeon. They're going to make the greatest kingdom impact because God's given yeah. them the skills and the knowledge to be a surgeon uh, and the dedication to do that. But also for some people, maybe maybe you're listening right now and you are a young high school student. Uh, and, and you are battling with, do I need, you know, my mom and dad really want me to go to school to be a lawyer. Uh, but you really think that you're called into ministry to be a pastor. You know, where are you going to make the greatest impact? Look at your skills uh, and look at those desires that God gives you. And you can put those together and kind of determine. Uh, and, and, you know, it's going to be through a lot of seeking uh, in the word and seeking God through prayer. But I think you're going to be able to determine a lot easier by doing that. And I think most importantly, we need to look objectively, meaning we can't, we have to pray before we assess ourselves right, we have before to pray everybody say, describe before you go describe objectively okay so that so, was something i always struggled with yeah so there's, even till today <laughs> there's two there's two there's objective and subjective subjective is you look at something with your own desire into it so you can you can have let's put it this way there's objective and subjective journalist a subjective journalist is someone that tells the news or tells what's going on with their own opinions of the matter into it an objective journalist is someone that's supposed to just state the facts just say what happened and that's it don't give any color commentary nothing alongside of it so when we look at our lives we need to be praying to God first and foremost God give me objective awareness give me objective insight into who I am don't let me don't let my desire to play baseball inhabit my decisions because what ends up happening is I have this desire to play baseball and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know what, maybe I might not make it as a baseball player. What are my skill set? And because of my desire to play baseball, if I'm looking at this from my subjective viewpoint, I'm going to say, well, I'm, I'm good with athletes, I'm good with, with sports, I'm good with other things. Maybe I'll do something in that, guard, in that regard and, and I'll only look at what I want to see and that'll push me, and that's how I ended up wanting to do physical therapy. But when we look objectively and look at us basically from the viewpoint that God sees us, we see, you know, I have a skill set with reading and writing and studying, and I have this desire to preach, and I have this this ability to, to you know, talk to other people, and, 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 and I enjoy, you know, diving into what's going on in other people's lives. And so, objectively, God looks at this skill set and says, you know what, I want you in ministry. And someone, you know, might object, God might, you might pray objectively for God to look at you, and you might see, well, I have this ability to to be really organized and, and to uh, to be prepared, and, and everything lines up, and maybe you, it works 
well that you should be a paralegal or something. And that might be contrary to what you subjectively want, but God is saying objectively, this is what I designed you to be. Take what I designed you to be and then use that for my kingdom. And for everybody listening, Gary is... He's a great athlete. I've seen him before. Eh. Uh, Micah says maybe not. I didn't see him play baseball, though. Micah can attest to that. Eh. Uh, and he I'm all just right. saying every time I faced him in practice, uh, he would hit me with the pit. So. <laughs> I don't think that's, I ever that's got because a storm the mound. I never got a chance to get a hit off of him because I always got hit by him. So. <laughs> that's also because you crowded the plate. No. So. <laughs> well, been, we'll he, throw it over the plate. And <laughs> we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I threw it over the plate. Your <laughs> elbow is just right there. Hey, I'm well, having to break part, him up right now. Part there. of the game, my Fist have been thrown. Worked outside corner. It's not my fault you can't work a corner. But even with Gary, you know, being a good athlete and knowing that God had given him those skills, he also looked really within himself and saw that, hey, he's a good reader, he's a good writer, he, he's very studious. And me and Micah, we could agree to that. That, that I can lead games. Uh, <laughs> Micah can lead games, yeah. Um, but that's Garrett's stuff. skill. And now he is in the position that he is because God put those, I believe God gave him those gifts and he was able to recognize and, those. And because Garrett trusted in that plan. Yeah, instead, of, instead of trying to tell God, no, nah, that's not what I want to do. I'm going to do this. Garrett, Garrett trusted in that. And, and we see this scripture in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 12 and following. Um, For just as the body is one and has many parts and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. And then this is the analogy part of this, where uh, that it, if if the first part's a little confusing to you, this part kind of clears it up. Indeed, in verse 15, 14, indeed the body is is not one part but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any, uh, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of us, each one of the parts in the body, just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And so he's, Paul, the writer of Corinthians, is writing to the church in Corinth, and he is saying, hey, there are many different parts of one one body. Not everyone's going to be the minister. Not everyone's going to be the garbage man. Not everyone's going to be the um, acrobat. I'm just pulling stuff. That's a good profession. I'm trying to pull really far stuff out. (laughs) So, and, and the same goes for us. We just happen to be three people who are doing vocational ministry, um, but we were just talking before. I, I know people in my life that objectively, it's a big word. It's a good word. We've been talking about it. It is good. Objectively, they are doing what I think at times is more evangelical ministry than what I do, and I'm a full-time minister. And they're just using the skills they've been given by God, like Garrett was saying earlier. And and so I think, you know, like, like you're saying, part of – our calling is is trusting in God and figuring out what our gifts are, what 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 God has given us, and to be able to learn how to use those gifts, those talents, those skills, those abilities, those things you enjoy. Maybe it's something you're not that great at, but you enjoy doing it, um, and and using those to glorify God. And, and I think when we do trust in what God is trying to speak into us, what He's trying to show us objectively when we trust in that and follow down that path that's when we feel him working most 
You know, if we go contrary, if we go against the grain of what God wants for us, that doesn't mean God's leaving us. But I think we feel his presence most when we really trust in where he's trying to direct us to go. Yeah, from when after my first semester of freshman year of college, I thought, hey, I want to go play video games professionally and so <laughs> well, hold on hold on yeah, yeah. That, he was, he's pretty good i remember i remember watching is him that serious? And, yeah, yeah bro, i would watch him play uh in our dorm room he would play league of legends yeah and, I we mean, wanted to go pro in call of duty but i played that league is and awesome this was, that was sophomore year though so this yeah, is after true. that so which is crazy because you can do that now like right, oh, a big time oh you could do it then that, right, it was yeah. before people realized it but so after my first semester i friends back home it was like hey we're all gonna go to moorhead state we're all going to get a house. We're going to rent a house. We all are, you know, we're able to do that. We're able to buy, get a house off campus. And we are just going to play video games nonstop. <laughs> oh and, like, gosh. we're going to have a team. We're going to go And you did pro. that that summer, too, didn't you? You had that. We did some. You rented a house. And yeah. Well, I rented a house just because I've always been kind of independent. I didn't, like, when I went, I went back home, I interned at my home church my first semester under uh, Brother Jason Bucky Walters. And... <laughs> Um, I interned under him, and, and I was like, I don't really want to live at home. It's nothing against my parents. I just like, um, I was like, oh, I'm 20 years old, 19 years old. Eight, that's probably 18. I'm not going to live at home, you know, like I'm an adult. So Yeah, you crazy. So, yeah, so I was like, now I'm like, man, I wish I could live at home. Um, and so we I had this plan, and, and so I, I was like, I'm going to transfer. Like, and, and I was telling God, I was bargaining with God, like Garrett said, I was like, I'm going to get to do my thing, but God, I'm going to do ministry part-time. Like, I'm still going to serve at a church, and I don't think I would have. If I think if, I think if I would have transferred, I don't know if I would have went back to Which church. is totally you know, acceptable, you know, right? you know, in God's oh, eyes. Oh, yeah, like and, that's, that, and that's a good thing. It just, that's you, not you know what God amazing? wanted for, for me because he knew I wasn't going to do it. I you, mean, and I can, I can look back now. And so I stayed. My brother said, just finish this semester out. Finish your first year out and see what, what happens. And that was the closest, I think that semester... Um, was the most comfortable I felt. That was where God really showed me, this mm. is where I want you. This is the path I'm putting you on. And so I um, transferred. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I stayed at Johnson and <laughs> finished out, and you, here I am. What's amazing is if you had transferred, I wouldn't be here either. Probably not. Because yeah. you were the one that brought me here. Right. And so it, that decision no God of yours you affected, here. well, yeah, but <laughs> through you. I know. And so that me. decision that you made there didn't just affect your life, yeah. but affected lives. And even thinking you. the decisions we make. And Christian effect. wouldn't be here on this podcast. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be on this podcast. You guys are hey. welcome. Have you ever heard of the butterfly effect? Yes, oh yeah, I, I mean, I might not even be in Russell County. It might just be because hey. of you guys. <laughs> maybe you would have. Maybe I would have went pro in video games, and you would have like been like, "Oh, that team's fun to watch," and like. You know, I, I promise you, I wouldn't watch the video. Probably, yet, but <laughs> <laughs> all right, rabbit hole. That uh, rabbit hole is now. Closed. But, no, but that was cool to see, Micah. I, I was actually going to ask you that question too. Like, did you always feel called to be a youth pastor? And yeah. I think, um, and, and through high school, I did. I'll, I'll give you the short version. Oh, so through, you actually felt called? Yeah. In so, high school? wow. About I think it was my freshman year, um, maybe my eighth grade year. We were at a, a summer in the sun at uh, Kentucky Christian University. Uh, they put on, I think it may have even been junior high, I believe, then, because I think I was in middle school. Yeah, yeah, it was a week-long camp. And I remember sitting in the bus, um, and we had some youth, this is before uh, Bucky became my youth minister, actually, so we were in between youth ministers for a couple of years. We had adult leaders. We were sitting in the bus, and I, I can remember it vividly because of uh, several different things, but I can remember the moment vividly. We are sitting in the bus, waiting on our driver to come back, and we were going to eat or something. And I just remember thinking, like, 
man, this would be cool to do, like, all the time. And I was talking to one of our adult leaders, like, I would love to, like, live this. And they're like, well, like, ministry. And I was like, oh, that's a full-time job? Like, that's a thing? <laughs> like, I, you know, I was so... Uh, so I'm going to say I was in middle school That's just because if I was in high school, it'd be embarrassing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I did so have a middle schooler ask today me. that asked me. Yeah. Like, I had a middle schooler ask me this year. Yeah. Do you own the church? Well, no, he, <laughs> he asked me what my job was. Yeah, I've, I've had kids. Yeah. While we were on a youth trip, I was like, All yes, right. bro. <laughs> and so that was where I kind of like, huh, maybe that's something like that I like to do. So I'm not I'm not saying in eighth grade, I was like, I'm going to be. But that that thought stuck with me and all through high school everything kind of pivoted on that thought yeah there was times where i was like i want to go into engineering or which it's a good thing i didn't because i would have flunked out of college for that but um so through most of my teenage years that was kind of the thought of okay this is probably where i'm leaning to it, it took probably to like junior year where that was like okay this is what i'm gonna do so that, when i was <clears throat> i actually believe it or not felt the call to ministry as a fifth grader um, oh yeah, bro, I, c- I couldn't have even answered a phone call. <laughs> right? Um, How does this work? I I was in fifth grade when I kind of f- started feeling that call, and in seventh grade, I remember I was um we had this fire place growing up, and it we had to get wood in for. Is the this a Shadrach Meshach and Abednego? Uh, <laughs> he was in, in the fire and didn't burn. Really, awkward. dude. No. Please tell that story. Is that not it? No. Dang it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, but we had to get my brother and sister and I, well, my brother and I, our uh, chore during the winter was to go get firewood and bring it into the house. And the fire, the place where we stacked our wood was up the hill about uh, probably a quarter mile or maybe not that far, but it was up the hill. We had, So we had to take this cart and go get the wood. And it was a miserable job because it was cold. And well, This is was, the most West Virginian story I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't have central. 1916. Was this 2003 or 19? We didn't have central air and heat until I graduated college. No so, way. Yeah, I, I swear. So That's awesome. We, um, so we had to get firewood during the winter. And they also it was just got their awful. first car in the county there last year. They were still doing horse and buggy up until... 2019 i'm just kidding (laughs) sorry sorry mom sorry crawford mom i know you listen but i remember i was going to go get wood and every time i did that i would get bored and i would just stop and like daydream the entire time i have this vivid imagination but on this one particular occasion i can remember i was dreaming about the rest of my life and i kept feeling god was saying you know what you want isn't what i want from you and and I can vividly remember bargaining with God. That was I was in seventh grade, and that's when I bargained with God. And I said, I know you want something from me, but I don't want to do it. And so I didn't really know at that point, like, what port, part of ministry I was supposed to do, where I was supposed to go, ha- what ministry looked like. But I knew there was something he wanted, and I knew there was something I wanted. And I wanted what I wanted, and I was willing to bargain with him or do whatever it took to get that. And was kind of ready to throw him to the wayside. And, you know, ironically, things fell into place in high school for me. I, I tore up my shoulder, couldn't pitch, lost all my scholarships. I had this this really spiritual experience the summer before my senior year of high school where I audibly felt God's voice and, and at a CIY conference. And there was just a lot of things that happened. I, I was asked to preach in my sophomore year of college for this camp or my sophomore year of high school for this this middle school camp having no experience before like everything just fell into place and and it brought me to where I was and that's when I started 
looking at my life and saying, you know what, maybe God is directing me specifically. And I think we can all do that when we're willing to to step back from what we want from our lives and say, where is God working to direct me right now? Where Where is God's hand moving in our life, in, in my life? When we objectively step back and look at that, I think we can really see what he wants from us. If you're, if you're listening, uh, Garrett, what he just explained in his story and Garrett, you and Micah can answer this too. You, you know, you were at that point where you said you heard God's voice, like, or you heard God wanting you to to do certain. You didn't know what it was at the time, but you knew He was wanting you yeah. to do something that you didn't want to do. Uh, and it might have been the same for you, Micah. I, I don't know, but but what would maybe Me for neither. the younger audience and, and even even somebody that's older, maybe they're feeling that they know they felt in their heart that God wants them to do something, uh, but they keep saying, "No, I'm not." Maybe I'm not good enough for, no, that's just not for me. Or maybe they're scared or, or maybe it's just pride and they just want to do their own thing. What would be your advice for somebody that's in that kind of same situation as you were out in the woods in seventh grade? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us here in part one, where we started the discussion of answering the question of how do I know where God wants me to go? And we'll hope that you'll join us for part two that will be released very soon.